You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what is up, good people? We've got another one for you here. I'm super, super stoked about this one. This one was so much fun. Mario and I met digitally via the internet because he shared something that I thought was really cool, and I reshared it, and now here we are. I talk about that with him in the beginning of this episode, but I wanted to give a quick plug real quick. If you've ever considered supporting the show via Patreon and you're looking to get those spicy extra episodes, this week is a very good week to do that. Mario and I allegedly, allegedly, of course, this is all alleged and may or may not have happened, share some stories from our youth that are uh, somewhat colorful. And I think that a lot of people will be able to relate to them and also get a kick out of them. Again, it's all alleged. We definitely share some stories, but they are alleged tales of some, you know, hooliganism from our youth. And so if you've been thinking about doing that, this week is a good week to do it. You can go to patreon.com slash tone mob. And for as little as five bucks a month, you'll get extra episodes beamed to your ears every week. And this week is especially spicy, in my opinion. So, without further ado, let's get into this podcast with Mario Miner from Miner Glitch Electronics. This is a fantastic one. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Tone Mob Podcast, a show about guitar tone and the people behind it. I'm your host, Blake Weiland, and with me today, I have Mario Miner from Miner Glitch Electronics. What's going on, dude? Hey, buddy. I'm doing good, man. Just hanging out. Yeah, I. Uh, uh, this is always fun. It's always fun to see the weird ways that the internet brings us together. You know, I saw your build of uh, a pretty unique lap steel guitar situation uh, oh, yeah. i had to share it so i shared it we started talking i was like gotta get this guy on the podcast and then here we are yeah dude i appreciate that man that was uh that was definitely one of the most challenging uh builds i've had in quite a while um yeah <laughs> i had a buddy of mine like contact me probably like uh goodness a couple months ago and we just started like spitballing ideas and he whipped out that uh, that that ammo crate, and um, yeah, that's that's what we came up with, and yeah, it, it was a fun build for sure. Why don't you tell everybody what it is for those that may have not seen the video? Um, what it is, it's a, a amp slash like lap steel like combo thing, kind of playing off like those old like uh, silver tone like tube amp guitar combos where the case is your amp and. But this is uh, kind of different in a way because the, <laughs> the, the the lid of the actual case is your lap steel. So you basically just take off the lid and you can set that on, you know, set that on your lap and it's bat- the amp is battery powered. So you can be anywhere and you just jam out and uh, you just plug into the, the, the actual body of the case, I guess. And... Um, yeah, just jam out, but it's basically made out of uh, just junk I had laying around my shop, and some of this stuff I've I've had laying around for years and years and years, and um, 
uh, yeah, just put it all together and just um, came up with some weird, crazy instrument. Like the 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 bridge is made out of a door hinge, and (laughs) (laughs) yeah, if you if you look into it, yeah, it's made out of a door hinge, and then the part where the strings like sit on, I guess, like the the saddle is um, made out of bone. And then the the nut is a um, is a bolt that I pressed into a railroad spike that I had to also had to chop up a little bit. And um, what else? The the pickup itself is a Bic cigarette lighter that a guy made for me. Uh, his name is Ryan Ruckavina. He's a, another builder out of uh, Missoula. Montana. He has a company called uh, Ruckavina Guitars. Super cool guy. Super talented fella. He knows what he's doing, and he's a smart cat. But um, what else is on that guitar? Uh, just other like junk parts from other guitars that I've had just laying around the shop. The fretboard is made out of uh, a Brazilian. Uh, what is it? Brazilian rosewood, I believe. Oh, wow. And yeah. And I got that from like a rummage sale probably like two years ago from a guy that makes like these, uh, what was he doing? He was making birdhouses out of exotic woods. So basically like these bird mansions, you know, Mm -hmm. and, uh, um, he posted up like on, uh, Facebook somewhere and I saw it. And, you know, I saw the price of what he was, you know, for what he was selling. He was selling like that Brazilian rosewood, some purple heart, some yellow heart, all for like super cheap. So I just basically didn't say anything, grabbed my keys, hauled booty out the door and went straight over to this guy's house and just bought out all of this crazy exotic wood at like dirt cheap. And, um, but yeah, the, the fretboard is made out of uh, Brazilian rose, yeah, Brazilian rosewood. And for the inlays for that, I, I used uh, Colt 45 shells that I got from another buddy of mine. And uh, let's see, the amp part of the build was um, basically just like a half watt battery powered amp. And some of the parts uh, were taken from the guy, oh, the guy who gave me the, the box, he also gave me like all these like meters and gauges. Because mm-hmm. I guess his dad, his grandpa used to be uh, a TV repairman from like back in the day. You know, he used to repair like these like old like tube TVs, and he gave me all these like meters that were broken and stuff. And what I wound up doing was actually incorporating that into the amp section. Not too many people know that because like that's not shown like on the video, but yeah, I was able to incorporate some of his grand, you know, his own family's stuff into build as well so so cool yeah i appreciate that man <laughs> yeah and what kind of ammo can was it again it wasn't like a regular ammo can it was something crazy oh, oh, oh yeah it was uh uh 75 millimeter um oh goodness ammo for like a recoilless rifle it's um they used it for um or they use those for setting off avalanches like Whoa. here, like yeah, like around here, and it's like a, it's like this tri, like this massive like tripod, like you know, 
gun looking thing, a gun, I guess. And um, yeah, they, they shoot him up on the mountains and just like trigger avalanches and stuff like that. And yeah, like controlled but, ones so they don't get out of control. Right. That's the idea. Yes. Yes. And yeah, each box, I guess, only carries like two of the shells for those. So those things are massive, man. Yeah, for those that haven't seen it, you can see it over on either of our Instagram pages, but probably easier on yours. But it's it's big, like it's a big box. It's like a I mean, it's like a guitar case. Like so you yeah. can imagine a couple bullets that would fit in a guitar case. That's <laughs> <laughs> it's not messing around. It's serious yeah. stuff. That's crazy, man. So how did you get started doing all this? You you obviously you build pedals, you have some other amps you've done. Uh, how did you get started, you know, messing around with music stuff? Um, in the beginning it was, uh, well, I, I was going to school for, uh, I was in college and I was going to school for, uh, psychology and I was kind of like procrastinating. I was writing a paper and I was like procrastinating. The paper was due like the next day or something. And, uh, my wife was like cleaning our little study area. And I was just, you know, I, I had a writer's block and everything in here. I was just like spinning around in our office chair. And I had like a little practice amp sitting next to a 50 caliber ammo cam. And I was just sitting there and all of a sudden the idea, you know, a thought came to mind. I was like, man, wouldn't that be cool if you can like put that, you know, the guts of that, this practice amp into this ammo can, you know, and I just like, it just, I, I couldn't stop thinking about it. Like I, I stayed up like pretty much and like late into the night, just, just constantly thinking about how I can create this. So I got online and I looked up like diagrams and schematics. And at that time I, I had no clue what any of those things were, you know, I, I, I had very little knowledge. I didn't even know how to solder really. And, uh, just through trial and error came through and found um, like a little, little uh, amp circuit uh, LM. Uh, what was it? LM three eighty six like amp circuit and uh, was able to cobble things together. And I think my first amp that I built took me honest to God, like, like two months just because I didn't know a single thing. And I was ordering like piece for piece and uh, learning how to solder and it came to the time where I finally put my first amp together and I turned on the flip the switch and it didn't work. <laughs> yeah, and, I know that uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 heartbreaking and it's just like, oh my gosh, you know. And after a while, you know, I was just like, ah, this ain't for me, you know. And I just kind of put it down for like a week. But yeah, I just it just I just like, man. I got, I got to figure it out. And I came back together and I, um, I guess I just put like, uh, one of the leads of the resistors, like in the wrong spot. And so just like one quick fix and here, my amps uh, fired up and everything. And yeah, that's kind of how it started off and just tinkering, you know, and I've had that 50 cal like ammo can for a number of years, just packing it around, you know, just for uh like decoration really you know mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, my dad always had one in our trailer growing up. I'm pretty sure he still does have it, like the one we would take hunting and stuff. And uh, it was where like that was the first time I ever saw an ammo can in not in like a military surplus store or something. And it was he used it to hold all his wrenches like it's yeah. <laughs> people yeah. use them for all kinds of different things. These 50 cal ammo cans. It's, it's funny that, that they're so common, like you can they're yeah. not hard to find. They're easy to find. I know, dude. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. There was like a point like a couple of years ago where I'd go to like, you know, pawn shops and stuff and um, you can find it. But then I found then I started discovering that I was buying all of these pawn shops out of their ammo cans. And then uh, after a while, I um, found out that I can buy them uh, at a little bit less of a price, but they were like blank. You know, they didn't actually say like 50 cal or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And I and I really liked, you know, the, the lettering and the words and stuff like that, you know, on there. And so that's when I really started trying to figure out like how to screen print because I, I had no background in screen printing or anything like that either. So <clears throat> just looking up uh, YouTube videos and like Google, you know, anything about screen printing and finally was able to figure it out now. I can just, you know, that's what that's what I do now is I screen print all of my ammo cans. But every once in a while, I have somebody like come by and like give me a few ammo cans. And like some of them like have like old like rusty nails or like fishing tackle stuff or, you know, tools and stuff like that in them. So, yeah, it's pretty crazy what people use them for. That is very interesting. Like it's just a another weird way of expressing ourselves <laughs> <laughs> yeah you can tell a lot uh, about somebody by what they put in their ammo cans i guess huh? that's right <laughs> <laughs> it's not do you have ammo cans it's what do you put in yours <laughs> you put in bad boys <laughs> yeah exactly it's it's kind of funny they've even made like n- new versions of the classic ammo can that are like plastic and like yeah. waterproof it's yeah. like this, this weird little design that was made for one purpose has been re- reimagined in a million different ways. Just about any, yep. any way you can think of. It's really funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, so, I've seen some of the uh, plastic ones, but yeah, I don't, I don't care to work with those, you know, because I don't no, know. No, not for what you're doing. Same, yeah, they don't carry the same aesthetic, you know, so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not the same thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming that you were a musician first, though. Like you, you play guitar. I, I hate to assume that about everybody because then I've heard people be like, "Oh, I, I actually no, I don't play guitar. I'm a drummer." And it's just like, "Oh, well, uh, that's different." I know, but, dude. It's wild. Uh, like learning from like other like people, like uh, the, the the dude that started Mesa Boogie. Like mm-hmm. I think he was like a keyboard player or something like that. But um, yeah, yeah, I play guitar. Uh, I've been I played in the um, a bunch of different like punk and like rock and roll bands throughout the years. And um, yeah, I th- bought my first uh, electric guitar here in Bozeman back in like 2005. Cause prior to that, I was just a bass, I, I was a bass player, you know? And then I came after I graduated high school, uh, we, you know, came to visit uh, my brother who, uh, uh, was living here at the time 
and he took me or my parents took me down to uh this music shop downtown called music villa mm-hmm. and that's where i got my first uh electric guitar music villa is still there and man there that, that's like one of the best music shops that i've ever come across like in the pacific northwest hands down <laughs> we've got some good ones around in uh, this neck of the woods i I've, i haven't never yeah. uh, explored montana i've been there i was there as a kid we went and did uh this whole dude ranch thing in wyoming and montana and <laughs> it was a lot of fun but like i wasn't old enough to really you know think about the differences between towns and things like that i was just like i'm here to pretend to be a cowboy here i am (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah we we still got that uh, oh you know wild west uh aesthetic you know that wild west vibe to us over here you know (laughs) it seems like a place i would enjoy spending more time i've just never never really thought about it all that much i actually uh i had a mutual friend of ours hank from rattlesnake cables came on years ago and he was like he was he was like man you know we actually have a good music scene here in missoula i'm like you do yeah they do (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah man hank is awesome man i love hank i was actually just chit-chatting with him probably like goodness probably last week sometime and we're always you know talking he's kind of like He's kind of like my mentor, you know what I mean? He's mm-hmm. such intelligent dude, you know, and being able to, you know, call him my friend is, ah, dude, it, it, it's great. <laughs> yeah, Hank, Hank rules. He's awesome, dude, for sure. Yeah. yeah. His cables too, man, top notch. That's that's all that's all I rock these days. I got a couple of them here myself. It's good stuff. Oh, you he was do? The, yeah, he, well, he was one of the first... Uh, people to sponsor the podcast way back in the day, which was very unkind of him. So yeah, he's, he's, he's a good, good guy. We go, we go back a little ways, not, not probably Mm -hmm. as tightly as you guys do, but yeah, he was, he was a supporter of the show early on and he was one of the, an early guest. I think he was the first guest that I had that used an Android phone. And that was an interesting (laughs) thing we had to overcome. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, because yeah, a that, lot of the that, listeners will know, like this is this show has been around for a while, and in the early days, I I was using this this app that we use to record has an interface. The reason I started with it is because it has a a app on the phone where you can record yeah. podcast on the phone, and that was the only way I could do it because I was literally recording at work. <laughs> like <laughs> like run off to the laboratory and record a podcast and I I could only use my phone and everyone I had ran into used and or used a iPhone and it worked just fine and Hank was nice. the first one to use an Android on me and it it didn't work fine uh not not because of the Android I don't think it was just like it was just uh, one of the weird like an early stage of the app where it would just like, was like, ah, I don't know what to do with this. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I mean, I love, I love this thing without this app. It's not perfect. It definitely has issues and people have heard it have audio issues and things here and there over the years, but it, uh, show wouldn't exist without it. So I'm really, really happy it exists, especially right yeah, now. I'm definitely uh, new to the iPhone family. Cause I was an Android cat for, uh, goodness gracious up until probably like a year ago mm-hmm. but yeah so I'm, I'm still getting used to all of this stuff and 
I, I have this MacBook Pro, but I don't even know how to use it. <laughs> <laughs> well you, you were able to get on the podcast so that's all that matters right yeah well i had my wife uh setting up all of this stuff last night she knows how to do all of this stuff she actually she's like okay he's probably gonna send you an invite or something so you're signed already signed into your email use this email and then you're ready to go i'm like oh okay <laughs> well she was 100 percent correct that is exactly yeah, what dude. happened she's a smart lady I'm going to say that one more time. She is a smart lady. <laughs> Shout out to your wife. I don't know her name. So. <laughs> Twilight, Twilight, we're talking about you in good graces, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to the wives out there. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I couldn't do, I couldn't do any of this without my wife. So thanks, Lynn. Thanks for all your help. I appreciate it. Hey, Lynn. That's awesome, man. Yeah. One of these days she might actually come on the podcast. We'll see. I don't know. I'm I'm in the I'm in this weird flux state with the show. So like I recently re- redid the re- the description because yeah. you know, if you looked at the old description, you would really think that you were getting into a show that was going to be like getting into the nitty-gritty of different resistor values, changing the sound oh, yeah. in some way. And it was it's it hasn't been that really ever. You know, it never has been. And so it's really just about the people and and what they're into. And, you know, guitars are like the centering point, you know, and we might talk about them the whole episode. We might not talk about them at all. And yeah. so I've been in this really weird. I, I redid the description to kind of make it more accurate. But lately I've been considering doing a completely different podcast where yeah. it's not just guitar people that I'm talking to. Because right now it's like guitarists and bassists or people who are involved in making equipment for guitars and bassists. And I've really been interested in people who just live life a different way than oh, yeah. most people do. You know, like I, they just they maybe they are live in a tiny house or maybe they are a journalist or, or you know, or maybe they are a power lifter or maybe, you know, insert whatever. Some people who just do things a little differently than than the norm. And I'm like, maybe I can make a podcast about that. Cause I find all that to be really fascinating too. I'd be down to listen. <laughs> well, we'll see. Now that I put it out there into the, the podcast ether, the listeners can tell me if they care about that or not, but we will see. It's, it's been on my mind a lot lately. I'm, I'm probably going to try it just cause yeah. I, you know, I don't have anything else to do. It's not like I'm already too busy or anything like that. Anyway, <laughs> So you said you played in a lot of punk and rock and roll bands and stuff. Like, who are some of your influences? Uh, let's see. Uh, well, rock and roll, you know, I mean, well, for me, it, it always, always derived from, from the blues, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Howlin' Wolf, Muddy Waters, uh, Robert Johnson, B.B. King, all those guys. That's what I grew up listening to, you know. I, I My parents listened to, like, a lot of, like, moldy oldies is what they called it and uh, so so that's that's all i knew for a greater part of my life you know and then um after i got older and you know because i lived in like a very rural part of montana you know like i we we lived either on uh fort belknap which is the reservation um or else a little town like three miles off the reservation called um, Harlem. 
Harlem, Montana. And that's smack dab in the middle of nowhere. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, so there, there, we didn't have any record stores. We didn't have any music shops, nothing like that. You know, and um, <clears throat> we used to order all of our, um, like, you know, music in. I forget, it was a Columbia house, I think is what it was called. And um, my mom would allow would let me have like a few choices you know and i remember i one of the first albums that i got was like uh from uh the clash you know oh, I, I thought that was a cool cool name so after that dude that oh man that that that, that hit me like a whirlwind you know and then my brother also he lived down here in bozeman and he was a radio dj and so he would also bring back like single like boxes full of singles from all these like different bands and like a bunch of like local bands from around here in bozeman and um there's this one band out of rapid city south dakota that i mean changed my life they're they're called uh the red men and uh they're uh, uh like a native american like punk band and um yeah so the clash the red men um, of course, you know, like Sex Pistols. Um, and then what else? Yeah, that's <laughs> all I can think of really right now. <laughs> and then you, you just go into starting to play in those type of bands and write that kind of music? Or what, it, what did it look like from there? Um, at, at that, you know, when I, up there, you know, you, you um, what the heck happened? I, I, I got into uh, nobody played that type of music up there, you know, at the at the time. And I think when I got my first uh, bass guitar, uh, I was still in high school. And it was like one of those things where like my mom was like, if you get, you know, this many A's or something like that, you know, you get good grades. She'll get you or she, she said that she'd get me a, uh, a bass guitar and I wanted to play bass. Uh because you know it's it's that old uh, ex, you know excuse like it because it only has four strings <laughs> <laughs> and um, heck was it so yeah I, I got good grades and then uh, she got me this uh, silver tone uh, bass guitar it was kind of like a bass pack from uh, Sam Goody back when Sam Goody was still around and uh, after I got home. Um, shoot i wasn't even home for like 10 minutes and here i get a knock on the door because news travels fast up there you know (laughs) Uh, you know uh i wasn't even home like 10 minutes and all of a sudden somebody's knocking on my door and uh hey we heard that you play bass and you want to be in a band like uh i don't know how to play bass i just got it oh that's good enough let's go right and uh, (laughs) we need a bass player and you have one Therefore, you, you are a bass player now. Yeah, dude, that's that's how it was. And so, yeah, we, uh, they, yeah, they they drove, you know, because at that time I was living in Harlem, and like I said, that's only like three miles off the reservation. So they they drove from uh, a little little neighborhood in Fort Belknap called uh, Rodeo Drive, and that place is that place is wild. For sure. You got so many dang res dogs up there that, man, they travel in packs. 
crazy stuff. Cars all over the yards and all of that mess. Um, and so they, they came from Rodeo Drive over to my little trailer in Harlem and they asked me if I can play bass. And man, I was shaking. Let me tell you, I, I didn't even know. I didn't even know what the, you know, the names of the strings were or the notes, you know, of the strings. I didn't even know nothing like that. Um, but yeah, so I just, you know, rolled the dice, took a shot and then went and played with them and was in this uh, native like punk band for uh, a little bit and then played with them for a couple of years. And um, what was it? I got with my my wife? She and I met at a summer camp in North Dakota, but she's from Nebraska. And of course, I'm from Montana. And after I uh, graduated high school, I moved down to uh, a rural town <laughs> in Nebraska. That's where she's from. And I joined another uh, punk band up there. But uh, it was kind of in a area where bands that were on tour like frequently travel. And it was kind mm -hmm. of like a dead spot. So we'd always get like bands from uh, like Seattle. Uh, yeah, a lot of bands from Seattle would cruise through because they would play in either Rapid City, South Dakota and try to uh, make the little trek into like through to go to Denver. But uh, where I lived was this town called Shadron, Nebraska. And that's like a hour and a half south of uh, Rapid City. And so they would come through and play in that area. And, um, yeah, we'd always play in just like the weirdest places. Like one of the venues that we'd play a lot was like this abandoned middle school. And, uh, there's like, Oh gosh, who do we play with? There's, um, Oh goodness. There's a band called, uh, the greenery. I think they're from California. Uh, and then, yeah, I don't know. Just a bunch of bands from like the West coast would cruise through there. And, um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's got to be like just a completely different experience. Like, I, obviously, like I'm the whitest dude on the planet, uh, and like <laughs> I've only like drove through reservations and stuff. It's got to be just like a completely different experience growing up in that environment, especially for a aspiring punk rocker. I would have to imagine. Is that accurate? Yeah, yeah. That was uh, that was wild. Like. Um... Like, like I said, like we didn't have any record stores, you know, like any uh, buddy that would come through with like a like a new like, you know, new to us album. Like we had that album would get like shared throughout your friends group, you know, mm -hmm. like, oh, this borrow it for this long and this person would borrow it for this long. Um, so that's kind of how we like would listen to our uh, music. And then um like if when it came to like actual music gear, it's basically anything that, you know, anybody like had or else whatever Sam Goody had right. over at, <laughs> over, you know, down the road in uh, Haver, you know, which was like 45 miles uh, west of where we were, you know, like anything that Sam Goody had. And um, yeah, like if you broke a string, dude, you 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 were out for however long you know sometimes it would be like a month or two you know either mm -hmm. you would learn how to play without that string or else you would just you know sit there and go crazy but good thing you played bass made that a little less likely <laughs> yeah yeah that was uh that was the good thing about that because i've uh 
seeing a couple of my friends and my my relatives uh break strings on their guitars and just oh dude be down for the rest of the day like just be so upset for you know for days afterwards and like you know have to come to come to grips with that uh that they broke a string <laughs> dude i i do relate to that because you know not quite the same way obviously i wouldn't be out for months but i just remember so many times going to my buddy's house who kind of lived a little bit in the sticks not like way in the sticks but well everybody knows well not everybody lots of people who listen to the show know my good friend justin porter he's been on a couple episodes um we would go to his house and his house was you know 15 minutes from my house when my house was you know 30 minutes from the closest guitar store yeah. And we'd spend all afternoon getting the drums set up and getting everything set up and getting ready to go. Start playing three songs in, I broke my low E. And it's oh, just like, oh. And I was, a of course, beer. yeah. And it's just the whole day's ruined. And especially, you know, we were playing punk too. So you got to have the low E. I might be able to get yeah. by without a high E, but yeah. <laughs> not the low E. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. And then, um, what the heck was it after, after playing like, you know, uh, punk stuff for a while, um, the heck was it? My, uh, my band broke up and, um, kind of went and lived off, uh, both me and my wife, uh, lived together and, uh, kind of crazy, kind of a crazy story on how I got into like blues and rock and roll. Um, we was living, you know, in this little trailer, you know, in the town that was living at in Shatter, Nebraska. And uh, we'd been together for a couple of years, you know, still kind of in that, you know, super like Twitter pated state. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was working at um, this uh, fast food joint called Taco John's. And um, what the heck was I was working the opening shift. So I was there like at five o'clock and I'd have to like prep food and all this and that. And, um, what the heck was it? My, my wife, she texted me just a little simple, like, I love you, you know? And, oh dude, my, my heart was all fluttery, you know, while I was working and I was, uh, not thinking about what I was doing and I was sharpening uh, a knife and I wound up like slicing my index finger on my fretting hand. And I almost Ooh. like, yeah, dude, I almost cut my finger off. Whoa. And yeah, it was wild. I won't not cut my finger off. But I cut it down to the bone. And um, yeah, I was I was a real stubborn cat then. You know, I didn't I didn't like doctors whatsoever. <laughs> and so uh, they they sent me home and. I wound up using a wooden clothespin that I that I tore apart, and I used that as a splint, and I wrapped like cotton gauze and some tape over it. Oh man, and, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that's how I, that's how I uh, I took care of myself. But I couldn't play guitar because you know I couldn't bend that finger, and anytime I would bend any of my fingers, like that one would want to bend, and it would hurt. And I was thinking like, oh man, like, what can I do? Like, I'm going stir crazy because I can't work and I can't play guitar, you know? And I was uh, listening to some, uh, some of those old blues tunes. And I think I was listening to Muddy Waters and I heard that slide, you know? And 
Um, I was like, how, how is he doing that? And so I looked it up and come to find out, you know, he was using a slide and, um, the music shop that we were, there was like a small music shop in that town we was living in. It was so small that it was, uh, it was a music slash muzzle loader slash archery shop. Okay. Just whatever <laughs> this person was interested in basically. Yeah. yeah. It was like a three in one shop, you know? And, um, he had a, he had a slide, like a little silver, like Dunlop slide. And so I got one of those and yeah, I was able to slide it on my pinky and not move any of my other fingers around and still be able to play a little bit to make, you know, some noise. And, um, yeah, so that's kind of how I got into really kind of got into blues playing and slide is because I almost chopped my finger off. I mean, you know, sometimes, uh, sometimes it's like just necessity makes you learn yeah. a new skill. <laughs> it's like, I'm going nuts. Yeah. <laughs> that finger uh, healed up. Okay. I'm assuming. Uh, yeah, it's still, uh, aches whenever it gets cold up here, but you know, I mean, it helps me predict the weather anyway, that and my oh. knees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i never understood that when i was younger i'd hear like oh oh the weather's gonna change I'm like why my elbow's flaring up like what are you talking about old man you going crazy and now i'm like man my elbow's flaring up it must be getting colder like uh. the, the yeah. old men were right they were right yeah they were they were man <laughs> you pretty much always are in in my experience so far. It's like, oh yeah, there's another thing my dad was right about. Okay, all right, fine. <laughs> Man, crazy stuff, crazy stuff. Yeah, so, playing slide is not something that I am good at at all. I'm I'm really terrible at it. Do you have any tips for somebody like me? Um, shoot practice got <laughs> <laughs> <Get> your finger <laughs> there you go get good yeah um I, what works best for me is using my you know just putting on my pinky i've seen other people like put it on different uh fingers you know and try not to choke the neck i guess and don't push down too hard you don't have to push down whatsoever um and also uh use like thicker gauge strings is what i found that works the best for me mm-hmm. um so, yeah, and uh, try not to cut your finger off. Okay, all right, I'll do all of those things. How, there you go. how heavy? How heavy do you go in? In and what tuning do you play in? Uh, mostly I play in like open D. I I, I switch between uh, open D and open G, uh, and I play like thirteens. Okay. Uh, yeah um lately i've been playing a lot in open g just because like you know the the old blues guys that's what they played in and you just have the, just that certain like tone and vibe about it you know yeah so definitely what yeah. kind of guitars are you playing um i i i switch between between a lot uh my my main guitar is uh d'angelico EXDC that I picked up like six years ago and like heavily modified. Uh, recently, I put in some bare knuckle. Um, was it Pig Nineties? It's basically mm-hmm. like a War Pig version of like their humbucker, but in like a P ninety version. And um, I installed like an arcade button kill switch 
in it. Nice. Kind of like a buckethead type of vibe. But I had there's a guy that used to run like this old like video, like a vintage video game shop here in town. And um, I asked him if he knew anybody with like arcade consoles or anything like that. And he's like, oh, yeah, I, I got a buddy that repairs arcade consoles. And he ripped this uh, uh, arcade button out of like an old Street Fighter console and uh, sold me that for like five bucks. And that's what I put in my guitar. And it's a semi hollow. So I had enough uh, area and to, to fit it in there. And that's what I use as a kill switch is like an old arcade button. <laughs> Very cool. I love it. Yeah, and um, recently I uh, got my old uh, 1952 Gibson ES125 back. Ooh, and that, yeah, dude, that thing is amazing. I mean, the wow. pickup on that thing for being like 68 years old, you know, it's about as old as my mom. <laughs> it sounds <laughs> great, you know. It sounds absolutely amazing. Um, yeah. Well, heck was it i i bought it probably like four or five years ago and i was using that uh a good good while and then there just came a time where i was just i don't know man i wasn't thinking clearly you know mm-hmm. uh and i sold it you know i i, I sold it to a, to a buddy of mine here in town and uh yeah, ever since I sold it, dude, I was, oh, man, I was so regretful, you know, and then probably like, goodness gracious, probably like three or four days ago, he hits me up on the old face space and um, asked if I wanted it back, you know, and I was like, yeah, dude. So he brought it back. And yeah, so now that's my that's my graveyard guitar. You know, I'm going to mm-hmm. be buried with that boy. So I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm going to take that with me to the spirit world for dang sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I I know that feeling. I have my grandpa's 55 uh, Les Ooh. Paul Jr. And yeah, that's Ooh. that's my number one. I have oh. a lot, a lot of really nice guitars. I'm very, very fortunate in that. But if I had to just keep one, that's the one for oh, sure. Yeah. Yep, dude, that's a great guitar, man. Those juniors are amazing, dude. I didn't really understand like when he first showed it to me when I was a kid. I was I I knew yeah. that it was cool because it was an old Gibson, but I didn't really like n- fully get it when I was like you know fifteen or whatever. And then yeah. a couple years later, I got became a real gear nerd and I really understood what it was and and. <laughs> And so I, I, you know, the tuners on it were the original tuners and the buttons were, were all fallen off and oh, yeah, yeah. it needed a little bit of work, uh, to be, oh, cool. you know, playing correctly. And so I was like, Hey, and he didn't know, you know, he was primarily a piano player. He could play guitar, but he mostly played piano. And oh, I was like, Hey, I'll take this up to this shop and get this done for you and bring it back then it'll at least be, play like it's supposed to and you'll maybe play more often you know type of thing yeah yeah and so i did i took it up to the shop and you know it's fun for me going to the guitar store like this is just a treat just an excuse to go to portland and go to guitar stores um so i took it up there got it all dialed in for him and brought it back and, and i was like yeah here you go it's it's ready to go and he like played it a little bit and he's like why don't you just hold on to it I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> and uh, I'm like, are you are you sure? He's like, well, you actually play guitar. I I don't really play guitar. Like, it's just gonna sit in my closet. I'm oh, like, man. I'm like, okay. And I take it home and I called my dad. This was my wife's, not my wife, my mom's da- uh, dad is who it was. So um, yeah, yeah. I, I, but I called my dad and I was like, Grandpa Carl just gave me. Th- his junior and he, my dad also plays guitar. He's like, ah, I got passed over. <laughs> <laughs> you was his favorite. <laughs> yeah. He, he's always, my dad's, a, my dad likes to bring it up once in a while. He's like, I got passed over. I'm like, you don't even play electric. I have to get like pulling teeth to get you to play electric guitar anyway. He's, he's got this other nice Gibson that he keeps in the closet and he, plays his acoustic guitars all the time so <laughs> that's crazy man <laughs> i like that <laughs> yeah it was it's a it's a special one for me I, I have all these weird memories of like i remember like for christmas like going over there and him and i sitting down like trying to figure out this afi song <laughs> oh I'm, yeah I'm, I'm like it's cool that my grandpa's sitting here listening to afi with me while trying to figure this song out like dude that's wild man <laughs> <laughs> but yeah he was a good guy he was a yeah, real I found special out, dude uh, that's cool yeah i just found out probably like uh probably three or four months ago that my grandpa actually played played music see my grandpa he was a trapper mm-hmm. uh that's all i knew him as like he would uh you know trap and like tan like tan hides and uh make like drums and uh sell you know hides and stuff like that you know i i didn't know him as a musician until what was i was um looking through some of our family photos and i see my grandpa like holding uh an acoustic and my jaw just dropped and i went and talked to my mom and i was like what did you, did you, papa was a was was a was a musician she's like oh yeah he used to um they used to live in this little little uh town on in fort belknap called Hayes, and he's like oh yeah um they used to like play like house parties all the time i guess people would like you know be like by 12 o'clock at night and people would come over and like knock on the door and be like hey we're having a get together at you know this other house you know down the street and then they would just gather like all the local musicians and just like have like a huge just like jam like slash house party like back in like the 60s and 70s whoa yeah, it was wild. And then um, I came across another picture of my grandma holding like a resonator guitar. And then come to find out that was also my grandpa's. And yeah, I had no, up until probably like a couple of months ago, I had no prior knowledge of, you know, anybody really in my family being a musician. So that was really cool. That was, that was a bit of new information for me. <laughs> That's amazing. You know, it does, it's not 100% this way, obviously. I know people who have, no musicians in their family that are tremendous musicians themselves, but it does yeah. seem to be a trait mostly. Like it seems like most people I know, if they are super into music, then somebody in their family also was a musician. And for me, it's yeah. like my whole family, like my dad played guitar. My mom sort of played guitar. She played piano. You know, my grandpa played piano and guitar. My other grandpa played harmonica. Like, you know, and even yeah. even the ones that didn't play were music lovers, you know, so it was like this is just always a thing for me. It, it's it's kind of weird that I'm the only one that like 
really tried to make a living in the music <laughs> world. <laughs> it's actually surprising. Yeah. yeah that's the same here, man. You know, I mean, like either, you know, playing shows or making weird amps and instruments or pedals, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like didn't really have anybody that like really played in my family, but like you said, like, you know, my, my mom was like a huge music lover, you know, like she listened to all these like different oldies stuff. And so, yeah. So I, I grew an appreciation of music through, through her for sure. <laughs> Definitely. And, and you know, I, I think I talked about this on one episode I recently recorded, but like, I want to impart that in my kids, but I don't yeah. want to be the equivalent of the pushy football dad. Be like, you, yeah, need, to, you, you need to play a Telecaster. Like, you got to <laughs> come on. Like, it's what I want to do, but I don't yeah. actually want to do that to them if they're not interested in it, you know? Yeah, that's how, that's how, uh, how my old man was. He was the pushy football dad. And man, I hated sports. I mean, I think honestly, I credit him for how much I love music because I hated sports that much more. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, I can relate. I didn't hate sports, but it was never my thing. You know, I, I liked other things that were sport related. Like I liked skateboarding and I like, you know, I liked, it's not that I didn't like physical activity. I was just like, I don't want to play football. <laughs> I, like, I like playing football with my friends and horsing around, but like our football team was so terrible that me and my friends played the varsity team, like just outside of, you know, just like, like on the football field, but just like on a random Saturday or something. And we like, we, we beat them really bad. And uh, yeah. it was just like, why do we want to be on that team? <laughs> That's how it worked for us too. Like literally, like I think what the heck was it? They they would go seasons without any any wins whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> for at my school, so yeah, I was also into skateboarding as well, and that kind of attributed to uh, my builds, you know, because like I've been I've been a tinkerer ever since I was a kid, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I remember I would go visit uh, one of my grandmas in Hayes. And, um, she'd have like this old, like bucket, you know, just like a plastic bucket. And it was filled with all of these toys, you know, and they were, they were, they're broken toys. And so what I would do is I would like, you know, like this toy over here, like a He-Man figure, you know, would have like, you know, be missing an arm, but this guy over here from some other, you know, series of you know cartoon or whatever had had an arm and i like this guy more i would put together you know like basically pop off the legs and arms of this guy and put them on this one and create like a frankenstein action (laughs) figure (laughs) like i was doing that when i was a kid and then you know as time got older you know i would do that with other things that i was you know into or passionate about and that's what i was doing with like uh skateboarding and then eventually as i got into uh, um music you know, I started Frankensteining guitars together too. So I kind of had like a little background of tinkering and putting things together before starting, you know, this minor glitch thing. I, when you were talking about that, I always picturing was Sid from Toy Story, just like dude. assembling <laughs> Frankenstein yeah. toys. Yeah, dude. But, you know, and then, uh, but yeah, they was broken in the first place. So. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I'm not as evil as that kid. But come to find out what she was doing is whenever she would like go to like the 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 uh, the dumps or like the landfill there, mm-hmm. she would go like find like these toys and pick them up and wash them off and throw them in the bucket. So I was playing with like these these dumpster toys <laughs> that, that I would threw away, you know, and I, I would I would pick them up and figure out how to utilize other parts to create, you know, my own little unique Frankenstein toys. <laughs> that does kind of make sense, you know. Tying back to the whole reason we were talking in the first place with with your yeah, uh, repurposed ammo can guitar amp, you know, like yeah. th- the whole thing kind of becomes clearer when you when you look back at your your childhood. Like for me, like some of my biggest memories are using like a Talkboy and like making yeah. quote unquote radio shows. And now here, what I'm doing? What now? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, dude. I've always wanted a talk boy, man. I should probably look into getting one now, now that I can probably afford one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, maybe not. They're probably like get, probably paying the nostalgia tax on them now. They're probably like a hundred bucks. Yeah. Yeah, but also uh, you know, growing up, you know, um being like Native American, like you learn, you know, about like, you know, what your ancestors did too. Mm-hmm. You know, like um you know, my ancestors, you know, they were plains people, you know, so they hunted buffalo. And whenever they would kill a buffalo, they would utilize basically like every piece. You know what I mean? Like nothing would go to waste. You know, they would, you know, dry the meat, you know, use the hides for like blankets and clothing and stuff like that. And then use the bones for uh, for tools or, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever. And so, you know, growing up, you know, I... I I look back at that, you know, when I'm, whenever I'm building something, that's why I never throw, throw anything away. If you look at my, uh, my, my storage, it's full of just, ah, dude, anything and everything, you know, and I don't throw it away because I, I, I try to figure out how to utilize it some way or another. But yeah, that whole core of all of that came from, you know, like my ancestors and stuff like that and trying to figure out a new way how to utilize like those teachings and that like belief system, I guess. <laughs> what tribe was that? Uh, uh, Lakota. Okay. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm Lakota, Cheyenne River, uh, Lakota there. I'm enrolled. I uh, see this is, this is the weird thing about, you know, like being, being native, like you can grow up on like one reservation, but you can be like uh, a federally recognized tribal member from a different reservation. Oh, really? Um, yeah, dude, it's wild, dude. Like, um, see, I'm enrolled with the Cheyenne River tribe uh, based out of uh, Eagle Butte, South Dakota. Mm-hmm. And um, that's where, you know, that's where all my like enrollment paperwork and stuff like that. So if I ever have to go and renew my, my tribal membership, I got to cruise all the way down to middle of nowhere, South Dakota. But we lived in uh, South Dakota until probably like I was like three, you know, in Eagle Butte, South Dakota. And we moved up to Fort Belknap because that's where my uh, my mom's family's from. And uh, see, my mom, she's uh, Assiniboine, also known as uh, that's kind of like a French word, but also known as Nakota. So I'm Lakota and I'm Nakota. And um, back in the day, like they were like a part of like the affiliated uh, tribe, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and that and I try to incorporate that type of, uh, 
you know, my, my cultural background into some of my builds too. Uh, cause did you, uh, what the heck was it? My, my, the PCBs that go into those ammo cans. Did you check those out at all? I didn't see it. No. Oh, dude. Yeah. This I'm going to pull the, it up right now, bro. Okay. So my, the PCBs that go into each one of my 50 cal ammo cans, uh, I had them die cut into the shape of Montana. Oh, and dude. yeah. And also there are seven reservations within our state and there happen to be seven components that make my, on the, on the PCB that make my, uh, amps, uh, work. And so, uh, what I did was I had, uh, the guy who designed the layout for my PCB, uh, put the locations of the components, uh, in the locations of the reservations on our state map. I found it. So cool. Yeah. Kind of have like a cultural, like historical background slash like lesson slash like Easter egg. Cause if anybody ever, t- I mean, if anybody ever takes apart one of my amps and pulls out the PCB, they're going to find like the, 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 um, reservations on the back of the PCB. And, and I kind of like that, you know, just like a little Easter egg type of thing for, for a future tinkerer slash curiosity or curious musician, you know? Yeah. I mean, when I get a pedal 99% of the time, like before I even plug it in, I'm opening it up and looking inside just cause I'm a yeah, big dork yeah. like that. So <laughs> I appreciate those type of things. I really yeah. do. I think it's yeah, even cooler so that, that you're, it's such a personal thing for you. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. a, that's a real piece of, it's a, it's a piece of your history really that you're putting into your work. Yeah. I think that's awesome. Yeah. Just because, uh, you know, there's not too many like native American, like, you know, gear builders out there. I think out of, you know, this whole journey that I've been on, I've only been able to find uh, one other guy, and he runs a company called Native Audio, and he builds uh, just strictly pedals, but they're amazing, you know? Yeah, and I've met him. He's the only other one I know of as well. <laughs> right, dude? Right, mm-hmm. man? So, yeah, that's pretty wild. And come to find out, he grew up uh, probably like three or four miles west of where I grew up. So we're from like the same area, you know? Mm-hmm. And I thought that was, that was wild because, like, until I found, you know, Mike and Native Audio, you know, I was just like, man, am, am I the only one here, dude? You know, like the last unicorn type of thing. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know like, am I, I, I can't be, you know. And then I accidentally came across Mike on Instagram and, like, reached out and come to find out he's from uh, Browning, which is, um, you know, the, that's the Blackfeet Reservation. And yeah, that's located on my, on my PCB as well. And, um, but yeah, I think he's based out of like Dayton or something like Ohio somewhere over there now. Yeah, I think so. I need to, I need to get him on. I, I have a lot to talk about with him because he's had a wild, like year and a half, two years. He got in a bad accident. Dude, Dude, I almost, I almost started crying, man. I thought homie was done for. You know, I saw the picture, and man, I was reaching out, dude. Oh man, I'm, I'm glad that he was able to come out of that. You know what I mean? And came out strong. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was really, you know, as terrible as that was, it was cool to see, you know, the gear community, like at least on a, a small level, like come together to try to help him. I know, like mutual friends of the 
of this podcast, the Flippin' Flippers podcast, they hold a pancake breakfast at Nam, and they the year they did it when Mike was in his wreck, they got uh, every, the, all the proceeds were going to help you know pay for that. Uh, Dude, that's awesome. it's I'm sure it didn't cover all of it because you know that's a whole nother topic, but yeah, that's a whole different ballpark, brother. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, you know, it's I, that's the best thing about like this gear community that I've seen is people really do like rally around and and try to help out each other when when things like that happen, and I think that's like the coolest thing about it. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. But yeah, you know, also by like incorporating, you know, like my cultural background in my builds, you know, as much as I can, you know, I hope to like inspire like other people, you know, like, um, you know, like that grew up in like the situation in which I grew up in, you know, because, mm-hmm. like, you know, on like reservations, like there's very like the job market is not that great. You know what I mean? Right. Right. And by uh, inspiring like others to hopefully like, you know, work for themselves and think for themselves, you know, maybe help like their local economy and stuff like that, too, you know, and help other people you know, find their, their niche, you know, or help find their passion, you know, by seeing like one of like my builds, like putting things together that you wouldn't really think of, you know, or creating something out of like junk and, you know, creating like a, like a piece of art, you know, and hopefully by doing that, you know, I, I, I hope to like inspire others to kind of do the same, I guess. A hundred percent. I think that's awesome. Yeah. Well, We've reached uh, almost the end of the podcast, and I still have a couple classic questions I got to ask you. But first, oh, yeah. this is your chance to uh, put up a billboard, so to speak. If you want to, you know, tell a couple thousand people something, this is the time to do it. So, where they can find you, or if you just got something you want to get off your chest, whatever it is, this is your time to shine. Ah, uh, dude, you're uh, okay. Um, yeah. Uh, for all those people listening out there, man, you guys are capable of anything that you put your mind to, hands down. If, if my old country butt can figure out how to create amps and pedals, man, you you can do something too, you know? Um, my name is uh, Mario Minor Jr., and I'm a Lakota, and I run uh, Minor Glitch Electronics. You can find me on uh, Instagram or Facebook, you know, I'd, I'm just a little... Little builder out of uh, Bozeman, Montana. Um, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Man, good stuff. Good stuff. All right, here we go. There's the last couple questions. Are you ready? All right, what you got? Number one, what's your favorite boss pedal? Oh, my favorite boss pedal. Um, probably the tuner. <laughs> <laughs> solid pull hey it's a great pedal it is it, I have, that's it's been like uh, the the longest uh, the pedal that i've had the longest um yeah i don't really dink around with boss pedals too much so probably just the tuner <laughs> the, the, the tu2 or whatever that works for me it's a classic for a reason <laughs> all right here's the one that uh it's a little rough. It's a little bit okay. uh, controversial. It's a, so you know, yeah. Just answer it however you you see fit. All right. What's your favorite kind of pizza? Oh, my Lanta, my dude. Uh, let's see. My mine is kind of a. Whew, 
uh, you know, you're 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 digging into the the, the big barrel of secrets here, my man. <laughs> uh, for for me, it's uh, it's it's an odd, I guess it's an odd uh, put together. It's a, a pepperoni, spinach, and mushroom. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I know this is gonna be cringy. Pineapple, bro. Oh, jeez. Yeah, you almost, you almost had it. I almost slid by, right, dude? Yep. <laughs> yeah. And then you mix that with all the other stuff, dude. People are going to think I'm a psychopath, man. <laughs> I, I, I say this all the time, but at least according to what I can see in the Facebook group around this podcast, which if you're listening and you happen to be on Facebook, it's the only good place on Facebook. So you can uh, join if you want. Uh, it's just called the Tone Mob. It's in there. But it, at least according to what I can see, it's really about 50-50. Like, people yeah. are like, yeah, people seem to be like, there's a lot of pineapple lovers out there. I'm not one of them. And it's just because yeah. I don't like pineapple in, it, like, whether it's on a pizza or not. I just don't like it. So, you know. <laughs> That's just that's just yeah. me. Uh, I feel like though there are a lot of people who like pineapple but don't like it on pizza, and I don't, I don't really fully understand that. You know, I don't I don't <laughs> quite get that. But whatever, that's fine. I'm I'm, I'm just like the human garbage human garbage disposal though, hands down. Like if something falls on the ground, I'll pick it up and eat it real oh, quick. Yeah, yeah. Thinking about it straight up. Uh-huh. My wife caught, talks about that all the time. <laughs> Criticizes <laughs> all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I will do the same. So don't don't let her shame you about that. I'm all I'm, right, all right. My dude. If, if my there's guy. no dirt stuck to it, it's going in my mouth. Like that's there all there is to it. There you go. And, and if there is, just just blow it off. Easy enough. That's, that's right. Exactly. It'll be fine. I mean, you know, that said, this was, you know, pre COVID. So like I'm not <laughs> doing that right now. <laughs> I, I still roll the dice from time to time. I'm a gambling man, you see. In my own home, I I will, but not anywhere else. Not anywhere else. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep, right yep, on, yep. man. Well, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, we're going to slide over and do a little Patreon action now, folks. But uh, thank you for listening. And, uh, dude, thank you so much for coming on. This has been awesome. Man, this has been amazing, man. This is a, this is a good first experience. Thank you so much. Absolutely. All right, everybody. For Mario, this is Blake. And as always, folks, good luck and good tones. All right, there you have it, folks. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. I had a ton of fun talking to Mario. We have a lot in common, as it turns out, and it was really, really an enjoyable experience. So if you need more and you want to hear those, uh, again, alleged stories that uh, may or may not have happened, you can go to patreon.com slash tone mob and check those out, you know, if they happened, right? still a mystery so you go to patreon.com slash tone mob for five bucks a month you too can get extra episodes beamed to your ears every month we're getting close to 100 extra episodes in the back catalog over there so there is a ton of extra content if that is what you so desire all right thank you so much please share this with a friend if you really enjoyed it please share any episode that you have particularly enjoyed with anyone who you think could get something out of it. Every download counts, and every download puts a couple pennies in my pocket. Actually, no, fractions of a penny, but you get it anyway. So every download counts. So thank you so much, people. You guys rule. Talk to you next week. One last thing before we totally sign off here. I just want to remind you, 
that if you do any shopping at Stringjoy, that's Stringjoy Guitar Strings made in Nashville, that will help me out as well. As I've said for years, I'm heavily involved in that company, and I really do think they're making the best products on the market. So if you would like to try custom strings, go to ToneMob.com Stringjoy and check them out today. I seriously, seriously, seriously love what the team down there is doing. I help them out with all kinds of things, and by you supporting them, you are also supporting me as well. And hey, you need some strings, so why not get some custom strings just for your guitar and playing style? Again, the link for that is ToneMob.com Stringjoy, and that will take you right to their website, and you can do all your shopping through there, and that will help everyone involved out. So thank you very much. Talk to you next time. We are brought to you by the wonderful folks at Gun Street Wiring Shop. Yes, Gun Street Wiring Shop. I've talked about them before. I used to say based out of Bend, Oregon, but guess what? Sean moved to my neck of the woods. Sean's in Portland. Sean is awesome and has helped me with a bunch of stuff lately. And if you have wiring needs for your guitar, he can help you too. If you want to get weird with it, he can get weird. If you just need to spruce things up a little bit, there's your guy. He takes all the guesswork out of doing your guitar wiring, and he makes it simple, and his customer service is top-notch, and I can't say enough good things about Gunstreet as a company. I really respect Sean and what he's all about, and the product is top-notch. I've got three different guitars that now have Gunstreet harnesses in them, and I could not be happier. So go to GunstreetWiringShop.com and check them out.